Welcome, everyone, to episode 72 of the DC Comics News Podcast. I'm your host today, Brad Flicky, and with me is the amazing Kelly Gaines. Hey, Brad. Hey. And the astounding Seth Singleton. <laughs> All right. I like All being right. astounding. <laughs> and, you know, Kelly's pretty amazing, and Brad, well... Brad, you're just beautiful, my friend. You are just absolutely beautiful, buddy. Uh, happy to be here. Looking forward to a good time. <laughs> yeah. So we can jump right into uh, movie news. Uh, of course, the big news this week that's been uh, buzzing around the internet uh, is the fact that we are going to get to see the Snyder Cut. And it will be on the... Uh, the HBO Max streaming service sometime in 2021. Not only that, but it's looking to be a four-hour-long movie, possibly. So, Kelly, what did you think about this? Well, I, I'm almost stunned that it's happening. I knew we wanted it to happen. I knew there was a lot of talk about it, but I genuinely didn't think that it would ever actually happen. So I'm excited. Um, this is definitely a reason i'm gonna have to get hbo max now that's that officially settles it um and yeah it's it, like the fact that we got a movie that to me just felt so shortened and just not enough development and now it's something that could be a, a four hour movie or you know a six-part miniseries is crazy because obviously this was a really fleshed out story so yeah i'm completely excited Seth how about you definitely excited I mean Kelly like you I really thought there's no way this is ever going to happen like you're you're come on guys you're beating your heads against the wall all you're doing is hurting everybody like you know how bad can this get like year after year the denial was so firm no never and you're just like okay you know all right so we've heard enough of that and Suddenly, it's like, I don't know if the light bulb went off, if the reality kicked in, or if they finally had a platform where they could sort of not feel as responsible, or they just got worn down. I, I don't know what it was. There's, there's definitely uh, proof and persistence with this kind of story. <laughs> like This is one of those where the fans, I mean, I, I love Josh for recently dropping a note in the channel that... Uh, a recent episode of Harley Quinn has two guys sitting around on a couch watching the episode. You guys see this, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was right? funny. And, yeah. and then they are sitting around and one's got a shirt on that says release the Snyder Cut. And the other one's got one that says uh, Last Jedi isn't canon, which just killed me. Um, and then they've got the, you know, the empty bong and they're just being annoying and they're just bah, 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 bah. And I was just dying because I love that reference to, you know, how, how these things have become like these banners and billboards people are wearing. So, one, I think it's huge that it's finally happening. Two, I, I can't help but agree with, Kelly, what you were saying, and I, I know it's something we've all echoed here. Steve, you, you, you're you going to probably say something next time anyways, brother, so I, I'm not. But I know you have things to say. You've been a champion of this cause for quite some time also. And just that thought that... We finally get to see the fleshed out version. We, we don't see something that was suddenly just like hacked, cropped, slapped together and, and called done. And really, I'm, I'm pretty happy for the guy that he finally gets a chance to see his vision 
in its true glory, the way it was meant to be. Little bummer it's going to take so long, but then I also echo everyone who's like, yeah, but they're going to do it right. They're going to put in the good effects. It's not just going to be like, here's my student art project. Like, this is going to be something phenomenal. And, man, getting a chance to see all of that, uh, I just know that this is going to be our new, like, you know, sort of Joker type thing. We're just going to be talking about it for the next year. Ooh, new news. Ooh, look at this. Ooh. <laughs> I, I'm I'm more than ready for it. Looking forward, Brad. Tell me all the directions you're going in. I didn't even touch on the four hour part, which, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> if this was another podcast, I'd drop an f bomb. But you know, uh, sim- simply put, like man, who cares? It's on HBO Max. Oh, and remind me afterwards, guys. I know you guys were talking like. Do we get some kind of deal on that through DC Universe? I missed that podcast, but I feel like there was some follow up that that maybe DC Universe people get some sort of deal because I know that that was on one of the episodes I missed. So whatever, I'm going to stop babbling. Brad, you're up, my friend. Uh, you know, I don't remember exactly what the details on that were, but I, I seem to remember that if you already have an HBO subscription, then it is included. But I'm not sure about what they're working out with DC Universe. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've got So as far as I'm concerned, yeah. all right, Beryl's like, hey, I, you're going to get me one way or the other. And I'm going to get this great content, which is right. awesome. And, you know, you you nailed it and Kelly nailed it by saying that, you know, you, you're saying this great content, this important content. Kelly said that it was something that is going to get her to subscribe to this. And I think that that they really needed that. They didn't have that going into it. Um, there's nothing at launch that makes me want to go out and grab a subscription if I didn't already have HBO. But this does. This definitely is that thing that's going to push it over the edge. And I'm just, it's kind of a fascinating story. I'm wondering how much the idea of the coronavirus impacted this, what they, you know, because so many of their film projects were kind of up in the air with uh, productions being delayed and not sure what's going to happen in movie theaters and things like that. So this is kind of like a, you know, a guaranteed thing, like you were saying, to get people talking because it's, you know, we're going to be talking about this until it does get released. And as far as the four hour goes, the more the merrier. Why not? I don't think Zack Snyder could possibly make a short movie these days. <laughs> Nothing under two and a half hours. So four hours, you know, that's the beauty of streaming too, because you don't have to watch it in one sitting. You know, you can come back. Um, you know, that's what I did with The Irishman, and that seemed to seem to work okay. But I do think, you know, I do think this is going to be something that we are going to be talking about for a, quite a long time until we actually do get to see it. Yeah, and man, I never, yeah, and the I never thought part. it would happen. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought that we would ever see it. So, so yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty phenomenal, and you gotta love the fact that you know you're just like, dude. I mean, four hours when you're streaming, this is what a pause button's for. Not only that, yeah. but you're gonna need a bathroom break or two. And I'd say, dude, go in for like a solid two. Pause. Go make an awesome meal eat it in front of or just eat it and then go back to and like where's the problem in all that yeah yeah <laughs> you know you've got time to work in some coffee i mean as far as i'm concerned this is like an event like it's more enjoyable for me than the super bowl would be so why would i treat <laughs> it the same way right like have your friends bring over food kelly i hear you laughing you bringing over snackums and nachos and you know we'll, oh, absolutely. we'll, we'll <laughs> We'll make the plan for 2021. We'll do a live cast. It'll be like insane. We'll get Steve out from England. It'll it'll be hot. 
and but, uh, speaking of sorry, Brad, just one of the no, things no, I wanted no. to add was I think you totally nailed it on the whole thing with this is a COVID t- timing issue. Like we are seeing a lot of studios struggle to figure out how they're going to deal with production, how they're going to deal with creating and providing new content. They've only got so much already, you know, banked on the shelves. But you you brought up something where they're like, dude, not only actually you brought up two great things. One, it's going to bring people in because Kelly just demonstrated like like we set that up. You know, she's like, this will get me to get a subscription, which is genius. <laughs> Nothing else is going to do that the same way as you pointed out. And then secondly, the fact that this is a timing thing. They're looking around at what their options are, and they've got a guaranteed built-in audience that will now subscribe to this service because they finally get what they've been asking for. And they don't look as big of idiots for finally, you know, giving in. They look like they're smart for finally giving in instead of being stupid for stubbornly refusing for so long. Like, there's a lot of win-wins, and Zack Snyder could come out of this like, yeah, I was the GOAT, and now I'm the G-O-A-T, all caps. What's up? So, yeah, sorry, man. That was just like, you brought up some really brilliant points, and I'm like, we can't let those go by. People got to realize what you were talking about there, which was huge. And I uh, need to give credit where it's due, my friend. To both of you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry to interrupt you. Oh, that's all right. I was just going to move on. Now, uh, we did get... Some news, speaking of delays, we got a um, filming update from Zoe Kravitz about the Batman, who she is playing Catwoman. Uh, Kelly, what was your take on this? Uh, This is another one of those. This movie has the... It's specifically this movie that keeps giving me non-things. Like, it's her filming update is that we don't know what's going on, which is fine. I mean, with everything, you know, with COVID and just kind of layout of what the world's going to look like afterwards it is totally fine to not know what you know what the the schedule is going to be or when it is that they're going to be back filming I just thought it was funny I read this and I was like here we go again with the Batman and the not news but it's news in a sense because <laughs> you know, I, I don't know <laughs> but, but yeah it, it makes sense that things are kind of up in the air right now the entire world is up in the air right now um so yeah I I hope that when they do come back you know that we talked in a previous podcast about the fact that they're using this time to kind of look back at what they've already filmed, look back at what they were planning to do and, you know, solidify some aspects that maybe they weren't so sure about or, you know, touch up things that could have maybe used a little bit. Um, So, yeah, it's as long as the movie's still happening, then, you know, this is just to be expected. Seth, what'd you think? You know, I I initially was thinking the the same thing, like, uh, okay, fine, fine, tell me more about, you know, what we don't know and how that's all we have right now, because that's a hard thing to sort of like, wow, okay, we're we're gonna take time and dedicate space to what we don't know, but but I was looking at this a little closer, and there's something really important that that sort of sticks out for me is that she made a point of saying we're in touch with each other and everyone's ready to go, but we don't have any idea. And then dropping down into the part about how she's aware of the fact that a lot of changes are gonna happen because the whole time she was getting touched, you know, whether it was in a fight scene, whether it was getting certain makeup applied for the fight scene, whether it was getting into the cat suit, which apparently requires more than one person, um, <laughs> which sounds like, okay, yeah, you're going to have hands, faces up in your business the whole time, like everywhere. And not only that, but how are you going to do that? Like, are they changing gloves every time they have to pick up something external and switch it? We're hearing now that that might be, not be as much of an issue, but 
can each person who was involved before be that close in proximity to her and know that they're all being as safe as possible? Huge consideration that I never even like was thinking about when it comes to this stuff. But from this to fight scenes, how is that going to change? And I think it's an important non-story in that way suddenly because it's like, wow, okay, look at what she's saying and how we can extrapolate that to everything else that we love watching and want to see. And how these changes suddenly mean so many big differences that they weren't dealing with before the shutdown, which I don't know. Between both of those things, it's like it's a non-story, but it's a story about what we got to worry about, which is probably going to be a lot of other follow up stories. Brad, how about you, man? Yeah, it was uh, I guess positive takeaway is that, you know, she said, hey, I'm talking to everybody and we're all ready to go. So as soon as they get that, okay, they'll be there. And so that's kind of. That's kind of good to know, uh, you know, that they're still eager and uh, you know, excited about the project. And, you know, she does bring up a good point about everybody you know, touching your face, doing makeup and things like that. You don't necessarily think about that when you think about these delays necessarily. But that is something that is going to have to change. And it just makes it seem like if there was a quick, easy way to test before people go on set, that that would help so much you know, if they could have quick results and things like that. So that wouldn't be so much of an issue. Um, you know, I, I think this is just going to force a lot of industries to uh, become very innovative in how they deal with these things. I just hope that it's sooner rather than later that they uh, that they figure it out because we all want to see, we all want to see this movie because it seems like, you know, as we learn more about it. The buzz becomes more and more positive. So I don't want it to lose, uh, to lose that momentum. And, uh, moving on, uh, we also, uh, got news that the dark Knight, Nolan's dark Knight trilogy will have a re-release in Hong Kong and Taiwan. Uh, Kelly, what'd you think about this? This sounds like a really good idea. Um, uh, considering that we have to, at some point kind of, push people to go back to theaters and start feeling comfortable, you know, watching movies in a, a group setting. I like the idea that they're bringing these movies back as a way to sort of say, hey, look, you can go to the theater and see these really great movies that are probably more of a, a nostalgic point by now for, um, for viewers. And it's the experience, not so much that, oh, I've never seen, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy before, but that. I maybe haven't seen it in theaters since 2008 or maybe, you know, I, I never saw the whole thing back to back in theaters. So wouldn't it be cool to kind of get to do something like that? Um, and yeah, just making seeing movies an experience again sounds really fun. And I I'm someone who I, I go to the movies for bigger releases, but it's not really on my weekly schedule. But now that I've been in the house for so long, like my boyfriend and I have been building forts all over the house just to watch things in forts because that's a little bit different than watching <laughs> things on the couch. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I mean, yeah, I, I like this idea. I like that we're bringing people back in or they're bringing people back in by giving it, you know, it's this this big title. It's not just here's some random movie. It's here's a movie you might have loved, you know, oh, God, 12 years ago now. <laughs> but that you can go see in theaters again. So yeah, it's a good idea. What do you think? Also think it's a great idea. I mean, it seems so smart and there's a lot of buzz that's going to be, you know, growing out of the fact that the Snyder cut is coming. 
which feels like it's going to be a mantra soon at some point. The Snyder Cut is coming. The Snyder Cut is coming. Are you ready? <laughs> um, you know, and even if it if it doesn't, there's going to be that going through people's brain. I'm not saying my version was very catchy. And feel free to come up with a much catchier one. But in this extent, you, you're like, wow. Okay, so what is something that people loved watching in the theaters? And it was this trilogy. I mean... It was an experience. And now you have the opportunity to go back and either A, relive it or see it for the first time, because by the time you were introduced to it, it had already been out in theaters. You missed it. Like that was your moment and it was gone. Well, guess what? It's back. And you can make it into an event, which is a great experience as well with a loved one, friends, anything like that. And because of that, what you're, you know, getting this huge opportunity experience, too, is that feeling of coming back out and going to see something phenomenal. So uh, I think all those things are great. I, I can't help but agree with, you know, what you were saying there and how it's going to get people back in. Plus, it's going to start this buildup of anticipation for Snyder Cut, other DC movies. Uh, this is a win-win. How about you, Brad? Yeah, I agree. I think that this is something that uh, is going to happen a lot. Once movie theaters start um, opening back up, you're going to get to see, you know, you're going to see a lot of re-releases. Um, and, I, you know, I'm okay with that as long as it gets people back in. I, I do want to see people back in movie theaters. I love going to the movie theater. I love the whole experience. And, yeah, I think that, you know, once everything opens back up, that's going to be one of the first places I go is to a movie theater. I'll happily wear a mask, but I do want to go back to movie theaters. And if at first it has to be, you know, these re-releases, I'm okay with that. But I'm still holding out for those, you know, the Wonder Womans and, and the new movies like that that we're looking forward to. So I do think this is going to be kind of a necessary step in the reopening process. And moving on to uh, TV and streaming news. Uh, the big, uh, the other big news of the week uh, that struck suddenly, I think it came out of the blue for everybody, is that Ruby Rose has quit the role of Batwoman uh, after just one season. And the show's already been renewed for a second season, so they are scrambling to find a uh, replacement. Uh, so, Kelly, what do you think about this? Yeah, I was I was kind of stunned. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like such a role that was so it, the build up to it and kind of talking about its significance, both in, you know, the larger world and then to her personally as an actress, it, it just felt like it was something that would have lasted. And I figured, you know, it's been renewed for season two. I thought the big issue would have been, you know, do enough people watch it to keep it renewed. But really, it, you know, the fact that it ended up being a cast thing that kind of shook up this production is it, I mean, a little bizarre, but then, you know, reading into the reasons or the assumed reasons that she just, you know, it was draining on her. She wasn't having a lot of fun on set. Like it just wasn't working. I, you know, I think at that point, then it is kind of the honorable thing to step down and say, maybe I'm not the person for this project. If it's, you know, turning into something where it's kind of creating bad vibes on set or the actress who's, starring and it clearly doesn't enjoy playing that role you know it's I mean I guess it's something that she couldn't have predicted going into it so to come to the end of season one and say you know what I really don't think I'm the right person I mean it's unfortunate but it probably had to happen that way 
Seth, what do you think? Well, she was very gracious in her departure. I mean, reading over her statement, uh, she points out in utmost respect for the cast, the crew, uh, for being welcomed into the DC universe, something that she says is beautifully created. These are all really, you know, a lot of glowing points. Um, I know that when I first heard about this, I read a story that alluded to some tension between herself and either production or direction or some other element less to do with the actual onset crew. And I know that there was the injury that, you know, required surgery, which this article makes a point of saying wasn't an issue. But I also remember leading up to it that there was a lot of controversy following her casting. And I can't imagine what that's like going in or what it's like to experience, you know, on top of getting injured, having surgery and the, you know, the potential that there could have been some friction with other departments. That's a pretty rough combination that can sour any experience. I don't know how much or if any of those things played a part, but they're for me right now what I'm considering and also just kind of amazed at the you know scenario that we're left with which is casting a new lead trying to figure out how the tone and the uh, second season picks up after you've already been renewed and you've developed something that now you can't just put a new face on and move you know like oh there we go just a quick little check over substitution everything changes at this point to some degree, how much is what we're going to be looking forward to seeing as we learn more? First things first, you need a new lead. And uh, I'm curious what everybody thinks about who could be that next person. But before we start, you know, asking questions before we've finished answering this one, Brad, what was your take, man? Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I wish, you know, that it didn't happen. Uh, she did seem to be a perfect fit for the character at least on paper uh you know and even though you know i i get that she didn't like it and that's perfectly reasonable uh it's just kind of you know it's just it's just kind of a bummer but sometimes these things don't work out and i think uh you know the way it sounded that she didn't want to put the crew through anything more and they were kind of we understand and kind of a mutual agreement to, to part ways and i'm glad at least that it didn't get or at least it hasn't gotten ugly. Uh, and I just hope that, um, you know, she can, you know, she'll, she'll find her way to whatever's next and that it works out better for her. As far as uh, who should play her, now, I I heard that the, uh, and I don't know her name, uh, but the actress from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is really pushing hard to be considered, and I think that would be, uh, that would kind of be a cool choice. So, Kelly, who do you have in mind? Oh, I have no idea yet. Although, it's, I, I know who you're talking about, and I don't know her name either, but I can actually picture her in that. That would be really interesting. Yeah, I have no idea. I think I'm still just kind of stunned because when they announced Ruby Rose, it was like, yeah, that makes so much sense. And now it's like, all right, so who else makes sense? It'd be funny if it ended up being someone else off of uh, Orange is the New Black, but yeah, I don't, I don't have any uh, any horse in this race yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a toss-up. Although, okay, here is a fun one that I heard 
uh, read, not heard, but in in my head, whenever I read something, there's a voice. I don't care if it's mine or I imagine somebody else's. But um, what I saw written down <laughs> was the idea of Kaylee Kuoko, who plays Harley, I guess has a younger sister. And when I mentioned that, my wife was like, oh, yeah, so-and-so. Dark hair, kind of goth. And I was like, all right, that's more info than I had before. And I haven't had a chance to look her up because I've been a little busy just doing other things. Um, but based on the description and the follow-up, which then suggested, hey, wouldn't it be cool if they did a live crossover, you know, with her cast as Batwoman and Kaylee Cuoco coming on as a live action uh, Harley? And I was like, wow, okay, so we're, we're getting some nerd freak out, like, you know, chaos going on here. But it's fun. So that one is the one that's kind of like immediately piquing my interest. Uh, does that change anything for anybody? <laughs> uh, I'd be fine with that. That sounds pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about her other work. Has anyone seen? Uh, I think her name's Bianca. I want to say. I th- if I already I said that, not, I wasn't but I'm gonna have to comments. look her up. And see. Yeah, no yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's all I got for the moment. But I, I'm intrigued just because of the crossover part. Like that that already was like, ah, you should do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, now who's this other person again? Um. <laughs> yeah. All right, and staying on track with the Batwoman news, we learned that uh, Bruce Wayne has been cast for season two, sort of. Uh, Kelly, what was your take on this? This sounds really fun, um, and it's I just I kind of chuckled reading it because it's like, well, great, so they cast not Bruce Wayne, but they don't have Batwoman anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's I I like the idea of. Not even that I like the idea of, but it, it, if I was an actor, I think one of the most fun things to do would be playing a character who's playing another character. So to have to then translate, because I, I believe he's going to be, it's really, he's playing Hush, who is wearing Bruce Wayne's face, essentially. So he has to be Hush being Bruce Wayne, but not completely being Bruce Wayne. That sounds fun. That sounds like a really interesting challenge. So um, I think... Warren Christie is the actor. I am not super familiar with him, but I do recognize him. Um, So, yeah, that's it it sounds fun. And I hope, you know, if they're moving forward with all these other castings, it it gives me a vote of confidence that they're going to figure it out and we will be back on track with Batwoman. What do you think, Seth? I love this sort of thing, and I agree with you that it, that it's got to be like a dream role for any actor. Like, you're going to be playing somebody who's playing somebody else. How's that sound? Like, are, are, are you in? Um, you know, I, I I don't know why, but this is the second time now my mind's been drawn to, like, you know, uh, Tootsie, the old Dustin Hoffman movie. And it's like Dustin Hoffman's character is, I mean, first off, Dustin Hoffman, the actor, is now playing a guy who's an out-of-work actor. And then he then becomes a guy who dresses up as a woman so he can get a role on a show because there's a, a lack of female actors around. And that sort of seemed like a good spin up in my head. This takes it to a different point because now you're playing somebody who's deviously portraying somebody else. And, you know, there's all kind of my favorite word these days, machinations, like all sorts of like, ooh, I'm somebody who's somebody, you know, and the actor getting to do that is like, ooh, I get to be devious in this way and then I get to be suave in that way, but I also have to be Bruce Wayne, blah, blah, blah. It 
Sounds like a good time. Sounds like it's a lot of fun. I love how the story talks about the development of it. You know, originally they just wanted it to be like Bruce shows up and oh my god, but then okay, let's let's change this. And man, Kelly, I'm right there with you because as soon as I read this, I was like, okay, so we know who's going to be playing not Bruce Wayne, but we don't have Batwoman. Is there a confusion for anyone else when they read these stories in this kind of order? Like, you're just like, so we lost one, we got something else. But, you know, there's also the fact that what if they cast someone for Batwoman and they're like, okay, this guy no longer fits. Sorry, buddy. Like, you just, you're not our Bruce Wayne anymore (laughs) for whatever reason. It just sort of gets us into a weird, murky thing, right? I mean, yeah, I think so. Brad, how about you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could be right um, because, the, you know, you're talking about the machinations, but this is something that could be so twisted and, you know, so many layers that it could last a whole season before the whole thing's worked out. And if that's the case, you're going to need an actor that's going to be compatible with your new star or it's just not going to work. So, you know, I think they are going to have to consider that. And I think that. Uh, recasting may definitely come into play. Hopefully for the actor it won't, but you just you just never know. Uh, it's a little bit of putting the cart before the horse uh, in a way. But um, you know, I, I I hope it works out and then we get a killer second season. Uh, I guess we'll just have to uh, wait and see a little bit. And uh, moving on, one last TV and streaming news. Uh, Stargirl premiered last week and it tied for the CW's second highest rated uh, 2020 premiere. So that is good news for the show. Uh, Kelly, what was your take on this? I'm so mad at myself for not seeing this premiere yet. And it's it's been popping up on DC Universe for me all week. And I've been like, all right, I have to watch that. And it's I'm, I'll watch it immediately after this because I'm so happy that it's, you know, that it, it was well viewed and seems to be doing well. Um, you know, and everything that I've heard about Stargirl as a character, that she's sort of this uh, symbol of hope and a, a happier edge to superheroes, <laughs> that, that, you know, that, that's a good thing right now. Because um, hope is something, you know, Seth, Seth, you say it all the time, like hope is, is kind of important, especially considering that we're facing this really uncertain global future. Um, so if there's a character out there who is bringing a, a more positive message um, and that clearly audiences are responding to, that's really, really fantastic. So I, this is on my immediately after, if not immediately after, then later tonight watch list. Sorry. <laughs> um, one, yeah, watch it. Just I did. And I... You know me as a champion of optimism, of someone who likes to carry that torch. And this was one of those shows where it 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 did everything I wanted exactly the ways I wanted it to. One, um, and before I go like crazy on this thing, I promise I won't get that too into. One, I love that these numbers are huge. Two, the show, it does some really amazing things. It It makes a point of capturing a period of time where like swing music and stuff like that still holds a sway which allows it to sort of access this portal you know in memory that that swing music came from a time how many decades prior 
and it's just a resurgence. And that's what sort of like the JSA's history is. And that's what you're tapping into. It does such a wonderful job of starting from that period, showing us a closer present day. And then, man, um, they, they cast the right actor. They cast a, a great cast around that actor. Joel McHale was brilliant. Um, I always mix him up, but I'm pretty sure this was Luke Wilson. Uh, does a, a really nice job. His, his timing, he's been around. And everything that I wanted to see from it was there. Uh, she is this like champion of hope. She stands up for the people that you wish you were cool enough to stand up for when you were in high school, but mostly you didn't know how to fight if you were me. Um, and you were like, this seems like a bad idea for me to just, you know, get bloody without being able to do much more than, you know, be another body count in this whole scenario. So I, I love the idea that, you know, she's this person who just stands up for what's right. And that's something that people are uh, engaging with and recognizing. Hopefully the audience grows. And I love that there's another champion of hope. Brad, how about you, man? Yeah, I really enjoyed this uh, even more than I was expecting to. I'm really looking forward to the second issue, uh, or issue, <laughs> second episode. Uh, you know, <laughs> and you commented about the characters, and that just made the show for me. Um, you know, I, I loved, you know, I loved, um, you know, Star Girl herself. Uh, team with frustrations that were reasonable and she doesn't become a total jerk it was just very kind of believable to me and i loved the idea of luke wilson just you know his character just being this guy who's just trying to do right uh who understands that it's those little things that you do are just as important as the big things you do and he's just a great character too so i can't you know i can't wait to see what the season kind of brings and i hope we get to see a lot more of the justice society so kelly if you haven't watched it yet you are in for a treat and i'm gonna hold my tongue kelly because there's a couple of spoilers on the villain side that are just (laughs) lovely to behold not going to do it. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I got too much respect for everyone here and, and for anyone <laughs> listening. If you still haven't caught up, it's okay. There's time. But here's what I am saying. By next episode, gloves are off. Yo. I'm, I'm talking about whatever. So you got this time period between now and then. Kelly, I'm not threatening you in any way. I'm just giving fair warning to those listeners. Okay. Because once that's passed, like, there's too much good stuff to talk about. There, There's... You know, I mean, we, we were just kind of, you know, hinting at who the, you know, the cast is that you immediately see. But the, the cast that's, you know, implied and inferred and, ooh, there's there's good stuff there. Kelly, watch it so we can all yammer about it next time, okay? Because this, this is some good stuff. I'm ready. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I got faith in you, yo. Tonight, right? Tonight. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Faith rewarded. <laughs> And with that, that brings us uh, to a wrap up on the TV and streaming news. So we're going to take a little break and hear from some sponsors and pay some bills. So stick around and we'll be right back. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News here to tell you about the spinner rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books. It can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the spinner rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. 
All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat me, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. And welcome back to episode 72 of the DC Comics News Podcast. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Brad Flicky, and with me is Kelly Gaines and Seth Singleton. Uh, we've talked movie and TV streaming news, so now it's time to move on to uh, what brought us all here in the first place, comic book news. Uh, up first, uh, we heard that uh, DC is going to launch a uh, new solicitation catalog, uh, digital only. Uh, Kelly, what was your take on this? Well, I'm honestly, I would, I <laughs> earlier this week, I was looking for DC solicitations and kind of thought like, huh, you know, I, I wish there was just a new way to get this. I feel like I go to the same sites over and over and look at the same articles. And so this, I mean, was a really timely thing to come out for me because that was something I was thinking about this week. But um. Yeah, it's it seems like a good idea. However, you can get the message out to fans or potential fans that new books are coming out and what's coming out and when. Um, yeah, that that does seem like a really good idea. And I also noticed, I mean, going back to the whole game of distributors or whatever it is that's going on, um, <laughs> this seems to be something specifically not connected to um, Diamond. So DC Connect, I guess, is going to involve a little bit more of the other distribution channels. Um, and that that is also really interesting because this seems to be a totally new concept coming out since it, all the COVID knock, or knockdowns, lockdowns, either way. But it's, it's interesting. It's new. Um, and I, I think I'll definitely look at it because 
why not? Seth, how about you? <laughs> why not? Indeed. That's, that's gotta be like a go-to answer around here. Um, I'll never forget being at the shop recently and Kevin from Cape and Cal, man, if you're ever listening to this, this, this goes right to you champ. Like I bring up the books. I've got my books that are on my pull list. We we're talking things over and I'm looking at the price and he tells me and I go, eh, not bad. He's like, eh, it's comics. That's what I always say. And I was like, what a genius way. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I know my wife will pull this thing where it's like, if you're looking at something, she's just like, do you love it? Okay. Well, if you love it, you get it. Like, that's just the way it works. And I'm like, nice, good, good strategy. So this from Kevin was so brilliant. Cause it was just like, eh, it's comics. That's what I always say. And you're gold. And I'm always thinking to myself, like, that's such a great way to approach any comics purchase. Uh, I, I would put that with figures, too, for anyone out there <clears throat> who's with us today who has maybe, you know, done some collecting recently or long term collectors. But it, it was just such a great response to that. What I love about this distributor model is that now it's looking at the fact that we don't know how long things are going to stay the way they are, how they're going to move forward. And having more than just Diamond is making a big difference. And that organizing it in a way, because man, a couple weeks back, month ago, I was hearing all this stuff and I was just kind of sitting there like, okay, Comic Hub went up. It was the thing. Now it's not so much, but we can still work with the stores. And I didn't want to start getting my hopes up. But Recently, I was able to connect with my shop, get the stuff I had waiting, get it delivered. And I was just thinking, man, it'd be great. Like Kelly, like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if there was some organization? I knew what was going on. Now we've got something. It's downloadable. I can just go. I get it. Take a look through, make a plan, maybe prepare to make a couple of exceptions to that plan because some stuff looks really good. Uh, th there's a lot of win in this. And it gives me uh, some thought that maybe Lunar and UCS are going to stick around a little bit longer than, you know, it might have seemed a couple weeks back. Brad, how about you, man? Yeah, you nailed it because I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> is that this, this Sorry. Was, this, nah, but this, this seems to lend a little bit of credibility to the whole, you know, these new, uh, you know, these new distributors. Um, because I kind of figured, and I, I still think we're in that phase of a lot of, you know, we keep talking about the unknown. And that's definitely the case with this. We don't really, until more comic shops open, we're not, I don't think we're really going to get to see how well this works. Uh, you know, and that should be happening over the next few weeks. I know that the there's probably shops that are going to be opening, you know, this weekend for the first time, maybe. So, um, you know, as that spreads out and more and more stores open, we'll see. But stories like this, yeah, maybe there is going to be more than just Diamond for a while. So, We'll see. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I just want the books in people's hands and I don't want I don't want customers and I don't want comic shops to have to jump through a bunch of hoops to get it. So as long as people are getting the books and uh, then I'm OK with it. If you don't mind me asking, have either of you guys been getting books from a shop? Your shops usually I know you usually go to like Midtown, right, Brad? Yeah. And I have been mailing ordering from them. Uh, right. Generally, I do like a small order every week. Oh, okay. Uh, and then sometimes they'll have online specials where I'll try to get, you know, get a few more things uh, so far. Yeah. And uh, it hasn't let me down yet. So far, so good. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, you know, this was my first time like setting it up and finding like they had all the stuff on my pull list organized in a thing already. They had an account. I just had to create a password. I was like, 
oh, okay, you guys were prepared. Like, I, I wish I'd taken more advantage. How about you, Kelly? I've been having such a hard time because I have, well, the the shop that I used to go to weekly um, and actually used to like drive back home to New Jersey from Philly to go to, that closed down like a year ago. So there's another shop that I've been going to um, right. here in Philadelphia, but they've been closed completely like not doing online orders or anything um and then there's another shop that's up the street from my house that says they do online orders but their website confuses me because you go on and then it says email us and then you email them and nothing happens so i've been having a hell of a time with all of this i've actually started getting more digital comics which is i mean you guys know it's not something i love to do but just I started feeling so behind on on what I wanted to read. I was like, all right, well, either I need to start doing it this way or I'm just going to have to, like, do a six-month catch-up at the end of the summer. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's what I'm trying <laughs> to avoid. That's just, that's just too much. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm still working on it. But, you know, and, and if anyone listening, if you know some shops in Philly that are still functioning and still, uh, you know, making it, at least a little bit organized to get books. I'm I'm looking for a place. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I had no. I mean, I remember you told us a little while back about the one that had closed down, but I didn't realize that the other two were creating such problems. One not being open at all, and then the other one, um, just you know, not making things possible through their website. It sounds like like yeah. I don't think you were confused, Kelly. I think you were just given bad information and had no idea how to proceed with it because you're just like, OK, I did no. both things <laughs> and now you haven't done what you're going to do. There's no confusion. There's just me doing stuff and you guys not doing anything. Okay. <laughs> and it's funny because I've met the guy that runs the shop a few times and I, I've gone to them before. And I remember one of my coworkers saying that he likes the store, but he has such an issue getting things from them. Because he's like, you know, I'll reach out and ask them if they have something. And it takes them weeks to get back to me. (laughs) And so I'm like, I I feel like they just haven't updated their website since all of this. So part of me is like, I almost want to walk down there with with my mask and everything and be like, are you guys here? Like, is this this still happening? Because they say they're open. So, you know. I kind of want you to get a list printed out and just slide it under the door <laughs> and then start pounding like, like crazy. Like, look down, look down. <laughs> they have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, well, hey, thanks. Yeah, because it was like I felt kind of stupid. I mean, when they, they emailed me and they were like, hey, just giving you an update. And they said, by the way, if you've got books that came out before the shutdown, we've got them pulled for you. And if you really want to support us pay for your books and have them shipped. And I was like, oh man, if I'd known, yeah, hold on. So I went in and did the creation. Suddenly there's all my books. Plus they had all the books that were coming up in the next couple of weeks. And I was like, I wish I would have known faster. I would have acted faster. But now that I know, of course, I'm going to stay up on it. So I was just curious if anyone else had had that feeling of like, oh, you mean I could have, yeah, here's money. No, just take the money. Take the money, stay open. That's all I'm asking. Take the money, stay open. I can start giving blood. Do I need to make some appointments? Do you want to meet me there? Do you have PayPal or Venmo? Uh, Okay, there's this new thing called Zelle. Uh, Whatever you want, just stay open. So thanks for humoring me, man. (laughs) (laughs) And moving on, we got some kind of cool news that DC is launching a surprise new digital first 
this DC series. And so far, it's going to be digitally uh, released only. So it's not going to be like in shops uh, that we know of so far. Uh, Kelly, what was your take on this? I, I went back and forth reading this article because at first I was like, wow, that is a gorgeous cover. And and just the the description of, so this is basically um, kind of a, a branch off story from deceased or not necessarily a branch off story. I was a little bit confused on where the timeline fits in. Um, you know, but basically the, the world is in complete chaos. Civilians, villains, heroes, everybody has, you know, been affected by the, um, the anti, and anti anti wow i do this every time with the anti-life equation <laughs> and yeah um, it. <laughs> and i it just it seemed very like a sweet story not a sweet story there's there was a lot of blood maybe not sweet that's not the word for it but that the super sons are involved and you know wonder woman and there's just this this push to kind of help the world even though it's in this massive crisis um which obviously has some real world tie back. Although what made me kind of flip the other way is it does just, I get nervous whenever something's just digital only, because to me it's like, well, yes, it's good. It's keeping people reading and getting books out to people. And that's really important. But then at the same time, if a lot of stuff is digital only, then will that eventually end up hurting the stores we're trying to keep afloat? So it's, you know, it, uh, I would say I'm excited about the release. It's something I'm going to check out. But digital only just strikes a small amount of fear into my heart. What about you, Seth? Digital only is a, it's a concern with good reason. There's a quality to this medium that's experienced through the tactile, through the, um, oh, I can't remember what it is when you're talking about sense. There's another word for tactile? that. Tactile? So tactile when you're touching, but, you know, what's the comparison for when you're smelling or experiencing uh, the sense of smell? Um, (laughs) Yeah, sense I can go with. But, you know, everyone loves to do like ever since I started reading, you know, and I know this is D.C., but it was when I was reading some Daredevil and he would talk about hyper, you know, tactile sensitivity and then like thinking about that Mm -hmm. idea. For Murdoch, like what that means to be blind with enhanced senses. I don't know what the nose one is. Uh, I'm sure someone out there, if you're out there, please just, you know, don't embarrass me in the process, but tell me, you know, <laughs> you can do it on social media. We tell you all about it at the end. Um, but when I was reading through the deceased storyline, this was a really compelling experience because when the way the anti-life equation and now, Kelly, I want to just call it the anti-anti-life equation or the anti-anti-anti-life equation because that's just as fun and who cares. Um, and right, like whatever, it means bad stuff. The bad stuff equation, ha, um, with that one, like you get this moment where it's so instantaneous, it's delivered through technology. And then the bonding that's occurred, like some of the survivors, like, you know, watching Gordon next. Have you guys been reading it? Have you gotten a, a feel on deceased? Have you guys... Yeah. 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 So like that whole team up with like, you know, between Gordon and Todd and Slade, like and, and you know, as we progress into who they're in charge of. But there was this whole thread line where some of the characters that they suggest in this are already turned or, you know, um, are often doing other things. And you're like, so how can they be part of this storyline? Yes, Kelly, where does it fit in the uh, timeline? But the gorgeous cover, the fact that it's the Super Sons. 
And from what I've already seen in Deceased with the whole concept of places that exist that are sanctuary and, you know, some of the other stuff. I mean, uh, I've been loving the uh, the Wonder Woman Dead Earth books. I, I, I Gorgeous stuff. Um, the, the Batman series before that. Uh, where, you know, he's walking around with Joker's head in the thing like these apocalyptic views have been such a great ride. And I think it's all, you know, I think we can a lot of us are saying it's probably all coming from what happened with Injustice and where we could spit out of that. Um, but it's been a great ride. This looks like a gorgeous book. I'm going to stop rambling about it. Brad, I know you have better things to say than I just tried. What do you got, my friend? Oh, no, I think you did a good job. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the digital only kind of concerns me as well. Um, I, I, I just do hope that they end up at least publishing it in trade at some time, at some point, just because, you know, like you were saying, that, that's a whole different experience, especially with comics. There's just something about the way the whole story unfolds when it is in a book that you can hold in in your hand but this but you're absolutely right about the art i mean the art looks uh, incredible and that cover looks amazing and uh, it is kind of cool that it's going to feature the super sun so i am looking forward to reading it uh you know i may read it online but i would definitely pick up the trade when it comes out and maybe it's just the fact that you know the first issue of the next to see series comes out at the end of june maybe they just didn't have time to actually get it print book made with everything that's going on so they thought well let's just you know release this digitally uh to get it so that people can you know at least be up to date on the story so i never uh, get to see this but check out the big brain on brad like i gotta start busting that one out like that's a (laughs) order i was like why have i never done this when you say something smart but i just did it because yeah right on (laughs) check it out (laughs) but i i do think that i think that eventually this will see the light of day in a printed edition of some sort so fingers crossed on that and moving on we did get our first look at the uh green lantern earth one volume two uh it looks like it's going to involve the yellow lanterns uh kelly what was your take on this it looks really really great um and i so just it's a weird kind of thing but i don't read a ton of green lantern um part of it is just I just never really liked Hal Jordan that much. I do like Jon Stewart, though, and Jon Stewart is is a part of this, so that might kind of push me to pick it up. Um, and I also really like a lot of the, the Earth One stories. Um, and just because I'm not that familiar with Green Lantern Earth Ones, maybe you guys can kind of fill me in on this, but I noticed um, Aresia Rab is, is back in this and, and kind of has, it seems like she has more of a connection to Jon Stewart than to Hal Jordan. But the last time I read anything about Aresia Rab, it was that the whole she was really young and kind of had a thing with Hal Jordan. So it's do you guys know how old she is in this book? Like, is she are we talking about an adult yet? I'm, I'm that part. I mean, I know she's aged up, but aged down. I don't know. It, that's part of what always kind of made me uh, not necessarily stay away from Green Lantern books, but I'm kind of pickier about which ones I read. But I, I do love Jon Stewart, so if he's going to be in this, then I this might be something I might have to go back and read um, Green Lantern Earth One Volume One, and then just kind of go from there. So I'm, you know, it looks fantastic. I'm just I would love to know a little bit more about the story. Seth, what do you think? <laughs> the light that I can shed from my experience was that when I started reading Green Lantern, she had already died, at least in the story arc that I was reading. 
um, and that her death was tragic because of her youth. But in depictions, yeah, she seemed a little sexed up. But granted, this was also around a period where that was happening to like everybody. Like if you weren't showing enough skin, then clearly the right artists hadn't been told to <laughs> update you. You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of like. It was everywhere. You know, I, I, I can remember, you know, there was the Gen 13 guy who always had his shirt off because he had the tattoo on the chest. Like, right. Wasn't there one. So um, I have these like, am I remembering that correctly? I could just be. Yeah. BS now. OK. OK. So, you know what I mean? It was like everybody had to be. And it, not only that, but they all had to be ridiculously yoked. Like suddenly you were just looking at these characters and you're like, that seems like a lot of muscle definition. I would think that requires umpteen hours in the gym and you've been battling these bad guys for like you know numerous nights straight without any sleep while running a business because you're whatever your daylight you know what i mean like there was just this so with Arisia, i the thing that i seemed to get the most from it was that you know the whole tragedy of like you know she was young she was beautiful and she because of that people didn't train her to be an effective Green Lantern was kind of my take. You know what I mean? Like they got distracted by the physical and because of that, they didn't make a, a point of being like, Hey, if you're doing this job, it doesn't matter how pretty or young you are. Your life could be on the line and the people you're dealing with don't care about any of the stuff we just mentioned. Um, but when it comes to the earth one series, like there's a lot to love here. I, I've really enjoyed everything they've been doing. And Kelly, if you want to pick up, uh, a Green Lantern series, my first recommendation would be check out uh, Mosaic, which was about Jon Stewart on his own missions. And it really has an interesting viewpoint on Hal Jordan. And it, it sort of it it gets into this idea of how they're close they are and they're brothers, but they're brothers who fight um, because of their ideals. And I was a huge fan. I still am. And I think the art's just something gorgeous. It reminds me of the stuff you're seeing in uh, the recent Martian Manhunter series. I promise that's that's the only rant I have on on that. Um, and if you get a chance, also, I would recommend Green Lantern, uh, Jeff Johns Rebirth. That's a really nice homage. It, it touches on to a lot of the the ideas that have been around in Green Lantern mythology. But at the same time, he does a great job of condensing but also kind of like codifying like there's a great example where green arrow has to use the ring and afterwards he's like god i'm sick to my stomach i feel like i've you know gone through a 20 mile run and kyle rayner's like yeah and he's like is that what it's like every time and he looks at him like yeah and it was just this great awareness of the characters so those would be my two pitches like you want to pick up some green lantern check out mosaic check out rebirth um let me know what you think because i'm curious now because uh I've liked what they're doing in this. The challenge for me is I really like what they've been doing with Liam Sharp, who we just talked with, and Grant Morrison, because it's again doing that same Jeff Johns thing where it's pulling on all these great moments from history and sort of making them uh, more concrete and physical in a present series. And that's something to cheer for. But these guys on their last book were Eisner nominated. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like – just get all of it and then shh, enjoy it because the next Greenland story we're going to be talking about is going to be awesome too. And ah, that's my fanboy cheerleader moment. Brad, take it away. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> oh, and Alan Scott. My God. Alan yes. Scott. My God. The, the king of fashion, <laughs> the man, the cape, and the boots. Like, 
when I first read, uh, I think it was the 50th issue, and they had him in it, and I was like, who's this guy? This guy is cool. And his Green Lantern has fire around it. Okay, Brad, again, yeah, you just go <laughs> pick up whatever you want that I was throwing out. Uh-huh. That's I, I, I have enjoyed all the, the Earth One stories pretty much that I've read. And it seems like it's been a while since we've gotten one. So I'm kind of glad to see that, uh, you know, they're still around and they're still coming out. And I, I'm really intrigued. Uh, you know, like Kelly, I'm glad to see that they brought Jon Stewart back because there are a lot of uh, pretty colorful, powerful characters in the, you know, Green Lantern world that you can bring into a book like this. So, you know, Jon Stewart being around is great. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing the yellow lanterns being the villains in this book so yeah uh it should be pretty good and keeping up with the uh idea of first looks and green lantern we also got a first look at the 80th anniversary 100 page super spectacular green lantern issue uh kelly what do you think of this this looks really really beautiful um and i just from loving the uh Justice League Unlimited Animated Show. Um, there's there's that one page they show of Hawkgirl and John Stewart, and I now I think I have to pick it up because I just have such a soft spot for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, this looks fantastic. Every single page that's in this preview is really really kind of dynamically done. Especially I like the uh, the one of it's it's sort of Batman on one side and. Um, I believe that's Hal Jordan on the other side and facing each other. And then there's, you know, panels in between. It looks just, it's very beautifully designed. Um, and obviously the, you know, all of these kind of bigger spectacular 80th anniversary editions are really, really, uh, you know, they've, they've been a fun read so far. So I, I think I might end up with a little bit more Green Lantern on my shelf at this point. <laughs> More Green Lantern, more Green Lantern. And just because, a little more Green Lantern. Uh, Kelly, you, you totally you, you, you got me right there where now I have to watch more Justice League Unlimited because, yeah, that, that storyline with uh, John and Kira. I mean, look, or Shaira, sorry, I went different, but there's <laughs> something pretty awesome about the fact that we know what the history is supposed to be with Hawkman, and yet we see this amazing and so much fun relationship that these two share. The trials and tribulations, the love they have for each other. Um, seeing them together on the page like this was such a great moment that I was like, yeah, there's a chance that I might be sitting down on the couch watching this. I'm not going to say if I cried or what happened. Um but I am going to point out that the cover that they start out with is just, you know, one, Kelly, I loved what you pointed out with Green Lantern and Batman on the other side. By the way, that's another reason to read Rebirth because there's a great moment with Hal and Batman that's pretty nice. And it sort of helps give you an idea of how. Like, you know, there's there's a lot to like. There's a lot to dislike. Nobody said he wasn't complex, but Batman's one of those people that he's always sort of rubbed raw. And they... Man, there's some good stuff there. And this cover with so many great – I mean, I'm such a huge fan of Jessica Cruz. Uh, I, I, I love the fact that we've got this great selection of stories involved here. Um, there's a lot to love. I don't say out loud how many of these variants I might end up with because I don't want to be, you know, 
uh, providing evidence for my later culpability. But yeah, there's a strong chance that more than one <clears throat> could happen to be in my possession by the time I leave the store with an appropriate receipt and an amount that I don't wish to disclose. Brad, how about you, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this the art is uh, incredible. And we do get a good uh, shot of Adam Scott there uh, in that whole big group photo, uh, photo, group drawing. So that that is just beautiful. The art does look incredible. And Kelly, I was also drawn to that same picture of him facing down Batman, wondering what's up. So, you know, they've done such a great job on these 80th, anniversary spectacular so if this is as good as the other ones it's going to be it's going to be a great read so yeah i can't uh it's another one like seth i'll definitely be leaving the comic shop <laughs> with that in my hand for sure don't let it's me be lonely, like, man <laughs> yeah those those issues always draw my eye too those are like the first things i grab the weeks that they come out before i look elsewhere in in the shop yeah man and what a cast huh like yeah. i mean Dude, is it just me or is Robert Venditti like on fire from Hawkman oh, to yeah. Justice League? Yeah. Now he's popping yeah. in here. And then you've got legends like Johns and Mar. Uh, yeah. Between that and great art. We're, we're uh, yeah. This is why I go broke, folks. This is why I don't have nice things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and one last comic book news story today. Uh, Birds of Prey is going to be joining the DC Digital First uh, Giants program. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this? I'm really excited about this. Um, I, I think it's incorporating stories that haven't been released digitally ever before, um, which is, see, this is kind of the reverse of my opinion, where I don't think things should just be digital, not, you know, branch out into the printed comic. But at the same time, if something has been a printed comic and maybe isn't all that accessible to um, to fans that would be interested in it, putting out a digital version is a really good idea at this point, especially um, Birds of Prey was just a movie. It's it's uh, not necessarily the biggest focal point now that the Snyder cut's coming out, but it's a, still a big focal point of um, you know the DC Cinematic Universe. So it's a good way to tie that in i think and also i mean it's a gail simone story that um you know from what i can tell and i haven't read this one i haven't read a lot of her run on birds of prey um well i've read some of it and honestly it just i didn't love it but i still love gail simone so i'm still gonna read this (laughs) (laughs) right like you know there's some people where you're like okay so maybe you didn't hit my sweet spot every time but you're still my you know you're still one of my favorite dessert treats, and I'm always going to come back and give you another try. Um, yeah, Gail Simone is just one of those people who, when you know the heart and the passion she puts into her work, and you've seen her at her best, you're always going to pick it up. Because, you know, majority of the time, you're really going to like it. And even when you don't, there's a party that's like, eh, it's okay, you'll get me next time. Like there's a part of it, I know you're going to keep at it and I know I'm going to keep getting it. And more times than not, it's going to be a great time. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with the fact that, OK, so the whole digital thing we were just talking about a few minutes ago is difficult. And now this feels like we're just adding on. Can't we slow things down a little bit? Maybe there's <laughs> a chance, you know, there's part of me that's like, Oh, wow. So there's a digital flash, fastest man alive, already up to number six. 
okay, so I'm trying to keep up and catch up, but you know, and that's just that. Look at everything else that I'm behind on. I love that I can jump on with Birds of Prey with this one, catch the number one, sort of feel like, you know, uh, I'll be up to speed with that. But yeah, there's a part of me that feels like with the digital stuff, I might get stuck in that six month behind thing you and Brad were just talking about, Kelly. Like what, what, what happens if they don't eventually put them in a physical concept that I can get my hands on and then I got to go back and digital read and then I'm going to have screen headaches because yeah, maybe I'm just old. But uh, (laughs) what it really comes down to for me is when it comes to the Birds of Prey leading it off, I think it's a really smart move. Hopefully it translates into physical copies as well, but the success of the movie is continuing as it's been, you know, more available through the download. Uh, This is a great time to get people sort of on board with what's been happening in comics with them. And the the scenario in the story sounds really cool. A hospital collapses. There's a sinkhole. There's lives at stake. It gets a little sensitive. Who do you trust? Is she really a hero or still kind of a crime girl? Um, You know, it's another opportunity for Harley to shine with a great crew, with a great, uh, you know, group putting out this book. So, I'm going to feel good about it, and I'll feel even better when they tell me when there's physical copies. And then I'll just feel great. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I'm hoping for those physical copies again. Um, But I I hopefully think that that'll be a a wise choice to eventually print them, uh, at least in a graphic novel format. Um, But I I do agree with both of you that it is very smart to, uh, to leave with Harley because she is so popular right now whether it is from the movie the tv show she's just you know I, I, today's a good day to be a harley quinn fan basically so with such a buzz around the character i think it is smart to make this one of the one of the digital first um and there is probably a whole segment of comic readers that do buy all their comics digitally and if that's the case they'll they'll absolutely love uh love this so i just yeah i just hope at the end of the day that it's something that i can read in a physical book format for sure and that about uh wraps up another episode of dc comics news podcast i want to thank my co-hosts uh kelly and seth uh you can find us on all the major uh podcast platforms stitcher spotify apple podcast uh you can follow us on social media at dc comics news and kelly where can people find you you can find me doing opinion and editorial pieces for dc comics news and also on our more i what what was the phrase for it um Cable bad podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cable. Bad. Um, so you you can find me on there with these guys weekly, um, and also on Twitter at Kel Gaines Right. What about you, Seth? <laughs> I'm just laughing at the fact that at some point we all realize we could end up Skidamax bad. It could happen, <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and put that on Kendra for putting that into our vocabulary and lexicon. Uh, as far as me, you can find me writing reviews, uh, DC Comics News. You can find me uh, – I'll give you my website this time, uh, Seth Singleton Storyteller. And you can find me – Oh, social media, where do I want you to find me today? Go with uh, Twitter, one more singleton. And that's it. 
Don't reach me in it. No, you can just reach out and say hi, whatever. Seth Singleton. I don't care how you do it. Brad, how about you, Jim? <laughs> you can find me uh, writing news and reviews at dccomicsnews.com. You can also find me on the Mad Love uh, Harley Quinn podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. Uh, and be sure to check out our other sister podcast, uh, Mad Love. Uh, the Spinner Rack, and I'm the Knight. And to, uh, to top things off, we'd we'll like to end with what we always like to say. Read more comics. Bye, everybody. <laughs>